Welcome to Deplorable Nation. I'm your host, Deplorable Janet. Each and every week we get to talk to new and exciting people about whatever is on their mind and what's important to them, whether it's health, overcoming addiction, spirituality, finding God, uh, politics, conspiracy, you name it, we cover it. So it's an honor and a blessing to have you join us. I look forward to meeting you and thank you so much for tuning in. Hi, and welcome back to another episode of Deplorable Nation. I'm your host, Deplorable Janet. Today, I have a fantastic guest with me. His name is Mr. Andre Mitty from Ascension of the Chessmen podcast. How in the heck are you, my dear? I'm doing wonderful. How are you doing? Fantastic. I'm super excited that you're here with me today. We were lucky enough to be um, on the same roundtable from our wonderful friend, Todd, a.k.a. Emmanuel Kingman. So uh, that's where we got acquainted. And I was super excited when you reached out because we're going to have a lot to talk about today. So for people who do not know you, Mm -hmm. um, first off, what is your podcast about and why did you get started doing that? Yeah. Well, I just want to say, first and foremost, I mean, I just started questioning from a young age and, uh, you know, I was always, I don't know, kind of looking at the world like there's something not right here. And, you know, I just kind of let that question develop more and more as I'd get older and, you know, uh, being raised in Catholic school, um, that was a heavy influence in my life was growing up in the church and, Mm -hmm. you know, having having to go through that indoctrination, whether it was your choice or not, and not really having um, anyone to bounce ideas off of that wasn't within that bubble you were stuck in or placed in um, as a kid growing up in that environment. And, you know, I I learned, you know, a lot of good morals within the church as well and uh, a lot from it. And, um, you know, I I, uh, started using cannabis uh, late in high school and uh, I watched a, a amazing documentary on cannabis called The Union, The Business Behind Getting High, which was all about, um, you know, why it was made illegal in the first place and all the lies about it, uh, mm-hmm. the usefulness of hemp. And um, it really just rocked my world as far as like the potential in this plant. And like this was before it was illegal or this was before it was legal recreationally in any of the 50 states. Mm-hmm. And now I think it's like 10 or 12. But, um, you know, at that time, it was just shell shocking to me, like hemp is illegal uh, to be grown, this should be grown in all 50 states, especially an agricultural state, like I live in, in Nebraska. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'm seeing cornfields and bean fields all around me. And I'm like, this could all be hemp. I mean, maybe not all hemp, but the majority of it. And if we were utilizing it hemp for everyone to to its full potential. Yeah. I mean, I'm talking food, uh, industrial uses for housing and clothing and, you know, just Mm -hmm. all the vast uses it had just blew my mind. And, uh, so that's what, um, really got me into the conspiracy rabbit hole from the beginning. Um, and, uh, this was interlaced with, you know, just starting to question, um, Catholicism and, you know, hearing about all the pedophilia 
And I just didn't want to be a part of that. I was like, this is horrendous and wrong. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, they should be treated like any pedophiles in society. You know, they go off to prison. They're not just moved to another church uh, to molest more kids. And I'm like, you know, it just never sat well with me on top of many other things. I mean, telling your deepest, darkest secrets um, to a man in a black cloak, um, you know, uh, sitting in the place of God rather than talking to God yourself, um, having that personal connection. Um, So like things like that, uh, I was just starting to question. And um, it really uh, had me at this crossroads, like, where do I turn from here? Like, do I become a full-blown atheist? Or in my mind, still believe in God. Maybe I'm, I was just in the wrong church. So mm-hmm. I started looking at different churches. I went to a big evangelical church first. It was like a mansion, um, big right. concert theater type <laughs> church, uh, almost like Joel uh, Osteen esque. But uh, so I I liked the vibe there. Like it was cool. It was like a concert. But I was like, uh, let's see what else is out there and. I found this little church called the Potter's House Church, and I really resonated with the pastor's story. And he uh, told me the the story uh, himself one-on-one, and he was talking about um, he was in a really um, troubled, down-and-out place in his life, um, living in a trap house in Michigan. And um, he was on an LSD uh, trip, and uh, this chessboard was sitting on this table next to him and it flew off the table and landed perfectly on the floor. And there was one piece still standing on the board and it was a white King. So he th- saw that as like some sort of divine revelation or mm-hmm. calling to something higher. And to him that meant going to Bible college and becoming a pastor. Mm-hmm. And at the time, like I didn't, tr- I didn't fully understand like the gravity of uh, what he was talking about uh, in that story. Because I mean, I had tried LSD once, pretty much out of spite, because the Beatles named a song after it. Um, you know, they're known as one of the greater bands of all time. Um, and then Doc Ellis, the Pittsburgh Pirates pitcher, throwing a no hitter while he was high on LSD. I'm like, okay. I got to try this at least once to see like the potential in this. Um, I was never into the harder drugs. I mean, I never tried Coke or meth or heroin or any of that. I, I was kind of uh, forceful on myself at a young age in that way. Cause I knew I had an addictive personality and uh, if I tried it once I do, I'd be hooked. So um, I always stuck to cannabis and uh, that kind of led me to other plant medicines as well. Um, and, uh, so that's what initially got me to try LSD as well. And the first experience wasn't anything special. I mean, it just felt like I was drunk or, you know, messed up, but not like getting anything from it. Just like a night getting drunk and you wake up the next morning, like what happened, but it was, I just remember a lot of laughing and, uh, just like trying to go to sleep and we couldn't go to sleep and, you know, it wasn't anything profound, uh, to say. And, um, I had another minor experience with mushrooms before this, before hearing the story from my pastor. And, um, it was pretty terrifying, uh, just considering the set and setting, 
uh, I was in. And uh, it just wasn't a good space to be sitting with medicine like that. And <laughs> I definitely learned my lesson and I didn't, I didn't want to experience any plant medicine for quite a while after that <laughs> until hearing my pastor's story. I'm like, wow, like that was pretty profound, actually. Like maybe there's something more to learn. And my friends wanted to do it again years later after I'd been going to this church for quite a while. Um, granted I was still partying and stuff, you know, enjoying my life in my younger twenties. Um, but I was always, you know, um, having Bible study once a week, uh, you know, asking my pastor about giants in the Bible. We were talking secret societies and, you know, all, all the vast conspiracies, new world order, all that stuff. And I was just happy to have a pastor that was open to that conversation. Right. Um, which is hard to find these days. Absolutely. Definitely. Yeah. So, so you you and I um, had a similar experience as far as uh, growing up in the Catholic church and going to Catholic school. And I cannot explain to people what that experience was like for me. Now, I am um, in my fifties. And so it probably was different for me than it was for a lot of people, but I was still taught by nuns. And (laughs) yeah, thank goodness, because the, the people that, you know, it came in later generations didn't have that in their Catholic schools. Mm. And I am telling you what those nuns and their punishment was crazy. And (laughs) it was like, you know, the, the beatings with the ruler on your knuckles until they're bloody and whatever. Mm. And it was, it was over, you know, like your handwriting isn't clear enough. Like I, I broke my arm, my dominant arm one time. And so they made me write with the opposite arm, then I am definitely not ambidextrous by any means. And so I got my knuckles so bloodied because they could not read what I wrote with my left hand and the paddles that they used. Holy cow. Like big old, you know, almost look like two by fours with holes drilled in them. And I was like, but you know, it was like you, you not only learn uh, Bible studies, but like for us, we went to church multiple days a week during Mm. school. Um, And then on the weekend, like if you didn't attend as a family on the weekend, you would get a note. Like you, you are expected to, you know, give your tithings and, and, you know, why weren't you there kind of thing. It was almost, you know, but it was uh, for me like a very creepy experience in the Catholic church because Um, I can remember like them taking us into the basement of the church and anytime we had, they had haunted houses and stuff and they would always have them in the basement with like, you know, people with chainsaws and stuff. And so like, even at that really young age, I'm like, none of this makes any sense because this is like antithetical to what they're supposedly trying to instill in you and we've got we've got a house of horrors in the basement of the church (laughs) it's insanity 
Yeah, luckily I never got any beatings from my duds, but uh, I, I got I got bad grades because I was asking questions and um, these class mm-hmm. discussions we would have in my religion class taught by a nun that either she couldn't answer or she didn't like the direction it was heading. Right. Because, you know, we were getting into uncharted territory. Like we can't go there because that's too complex. That's too exactly. much gray area. We don't, have, we don't have answers to those questions. So please stop asking those, Andre. Right. right. <laughs> but it, and, you know, you and I were they're so similar in the experience that we had because growing up in the Catholic church, um, the older I got, I'm like, I don't want to be part of this. And so I tried, oh my gosh, like multiple different churches and was always very, um, like I didn't feel anything. I was very uncomfortable pretty yeah. much everywhere with that we went. Sorry, I got a cat hair on my lip. It keeps flopping around. <laughs> Bear with me a <laughs> moment. <laughs> yeah, I had two. You'll probably see one of their butts in just a minute. Um, yeah, I got two as well. But, oh, ah, I got it. Um, And so, uh, like, it wasn't until just recently um that my husband and I actually found a church that we're comfortable going to. Um, and the pastor, it was like the second time we ever went to the church. He just spilled his guts about his story. And mm-hmm. I was like, I told him, I said, thank you for sharing that because not a lot of people are willing to share what their stories are in life. And that the think the misnomer that a lot of people have is that um, if you're a quote Christian or, you know, believe in God, you can't ever have done anything wrong or have mm. had any bad experiences. And that can't be further from the truth because, you know, Jesus was looking for people that were broken sinners and, and, you know, weren't perfect people. And he wanted to show them how to be better people. Yeah. And that's what it's all about. Yeah. Th- those are the people we need to open our ar- arms up to the most, you know, mm-hmm. like those are the people who need the most love from us, the most right. unconditional love we can give, you know? And so what, what, um, I don't mean to cut you off, but oh, what, no. what was your, um, childhood like growing up? Um, it was, it was pretty rough. Um, there was a lot of arguing. Um, mm-hmm. uh, my mom, my mom had a lot of trauma. Um, she grew up with an alcoholic father. Um, he was a big Catholic that came from a big Catholic family. Same. She was the oldest of nine kids. And, um, you know, there was just some stuff that happened within the family that was very dark. And mm-hmm. it's hard to even get into um, without being given permission to talk about. But no, I get uh, that. Yeah, um, but what, it was very was traumatic. There, was there oh, like a lot of uh, closeness and and love, or um, was it kind of you know like uh, like for me personally growing up, it was not. Uh, that it, like my mom did not like my dad. She still doesn't like my dad to this yeah. day. Um, but it wasn't like lovey dovey, touchy feely. Oh no. no, none of that exactly. stuff. Exactly. Yep. 
it was very cold um, in that way. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I don't know. I love you wasn't wasn't said a lot in my house right. um, in that way. Um, it was like, you know, hugs every once in a while, but it was like side hugs or, you know, not like a big bear hug. Mm -hmm. um, and Like air I, hugs. <laughs> yeah. I, I grew up in a pretty unique uh, family environment, I guess. Um, my, uh, my dad broke his neck uh, diving into a lake when he was 15. Um, so he's been in a wheelchair ever since. And um, so I grew up with a dad in a wheelchair my whole life. And um, so that, you know, came with its pros and cons and um, its uh, indifferences growing up mm -hmm. with other kids that, you know, they could play catch with their dad or, you know, get to right. do things with their dad that, you know, I just couldn't do. I mean, we'd go fishing and we'd play catch as much as we could, but, um, you know, it was just, it was different in that way, but it taught me a lot um, in so many ways. I mean, many times when I'd get down on myself and, you know, just want to end it all um, and, you know, my teens getting dumped by a girl or just stupid shit, teens right. get wrapped up in having the, no responsibility. The drama <laughs> of, the, of the childhood. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But, you know, he, he just give me those talks, like that's the pussy way out. And, uh, you know, you're not solving anything and mm -hmm. you're, you know, taking the easy way out rather than living life's consequences of your own actions, you know, right. and um, being responsible for your actions and, you know, walking in dignity and respecting others and respecting yourself most importantly. But yeah, I mean, um, that was the positives of, you know, growing up with that. But um, my dad, my dad was a big time workaholic, um, didn't eat the best, um, but he's a great guy. Um, he's been in politics for damn near 40 years. Um, he's, uh, a local County clerk. And, uh, so I grew up, my dad was Democrat and my mom was Republican. <laughs> my dad was Lutheran and my mom was Catholic. Um, my, my mom made my dad convert over to Catholic. Um, and, uh, yeah, there was just a lot of differences in that way. Even me and my brother were super different. Uh, he ran cross country and track and I played football and wrestled. Um, he was more into basketball, I was more into football. Um, um, yeah, I mean, Husker football was like a big thing that we oh, had a lot of camaraderie around in my family. <laughs> it's it's huge where I'm from and uh, yep. <laughs> it's like all we have to rally around in this state like we don't have any pro teams so everybody gets pretty amped up around Nebraska football it's like a religion here like Tom so, Osborne's literally like a god the former football coach so let me ask you this um because I've been to Nebraska I know what it's like yeah. um but the area that you grew up in was there much to do um, not a whole lot. Uh, <laughs> Other than drugs and party. Yeah, get in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, that's the thing. Like, so I, I'm from Fremont, which is, uh, oh, it's probably a town of 25,000. But um, I, uh, I, I got forced to go into Catholic school from public school when I was in sixth grade. And, uh, you know, had to leave all my friends and, uh, 
I, w- I was going to this Catholic school in a town that was 30 minutes away from where I lived. And uh, it was a punishment because my brother had gotten some trouble in his juvenile days. And uh, my parents thought it would straighten us out. And, you know, I, I look back on it and I think about if I would have went to public school in Fremont and tell you the truth, there's a lot of cops in Fremont and a lot of drugs in Fremont and Mm -hmm. a lot of people get in trouble and get wrapped up in that shit at a young age. And, uh, I, I think I could have been susceptible to that. I had a lot of friends that ended up being susceptible to that and, uh, ended up in prison for, you know, stuff related to meth, what, what have you just doing shit they shouldn't have been doing. And uh, so I'm thankful I was stuck in a little small town of like 2,500 people at this small Catholic school, super sheltered. Um, You know, we could get away with a lot more being in a small town back then. Um, And uh, I think it's always kind of been that way in the small towns, like where there's one cop per town, like there's no MIPs ever handed out if you're going to high school parties when you're that age and you know, it, it's just a different era we live in now uh, in so many different ways. I mean, with technology and the cell phones. I mean, I had a flip phone in sixth grade and I thought that was crazy. Um, and, you know, I graduated high school in 2011. But like seeing kids these days, like they have they have phones even younger than I did. Right. And um, so, yeah, as far as my childhood, um, I... I'm still working through it, to be honest with you, Janet. I mean, it's a lot to process. Um, I think a lot gets shoved down from our childhood. And, um, you know, we take that into relationships as we get older and there's a lot of uh, unconscious action and behaviors we put out into the universe and Mm -hmm. the way we interact with people and loved ones and those who we cherish most um, in ways that are triggered by, uh, you know, events that happened in childhood, uh, that still need some healing or attention to reflect on and, you know, understand, you know, you were a child and it's okay. Um, you deserve love. You're worthy of love and, uh, there's nothing incomplete about you. You're, you're a beautiful creature and you're, (laughs) you're the essence of everything. Like you, you don't have to feel like uh, you don't, you're undeserving of love. And uh, I think um, there's a lot of stuff in childhood that can make us feel that way, depending on um, the ways in which we grow up and things like that. You, you are so right about that. And um, I talk about this all the time about the baggage that you carry from one thing to another and even repressed memories that, people have like I was having a conversation with with a man the other day and he said you know he's like I don't know what it is he's like but I just I feel like something is not right with my stomach and he's like every time I ever thought about when I was going to die I always thought it would be something to do with my stomach and I said let me ask you a question do you have memories of from when you were little, like your parents telling you these, um, 
I don't know. I, I, I like to call them like folklore, uh, made, made up stories. Like if you swallow gum, a tree is going to go, going to grow in your stomach <laughs> or, you know, some of the crazy sayings that our parents had. And so yeah. we started working through that and, and like it brought up for him, like all of the things that people have filled his head with from his childhood about his stomach. And I said, that's an issue that your body is telling you, you need to bring that up, bring up those memories, confront them and let them go so that you can move on. And it's, it's the same thing when people have the emotional hangups and the emotional baggage, like always uh, feeling like you're, you're not good enough or, or someone's always going to cheat because someone else did, Mm. or, you know, whatever the case may be, whatever the hurt is and that repressed feeling, people have to confront that before they can move on into a healthier relationship. And that's with anything, whether it's, you know, family trauma or, you know, whatever the case may be, because me, especially, um, like my family were really good at, if something happened to you that was traumatic, bury it. Don't discuss it. We're not going to talk about that because, Mm -hmm. um, it'll make our family look bad. Um, (laughs) you know, and it's like one of those things, okay, like I'm, I'm really young and I don't know how to deal with this. And now you're telling me that you don't want to talk about it. And, and it's like, you're left to hold all of these things in on your own, you know, and at the time that was good parenting. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the things also that, um, a lot of the churches, you know, will teach, uh, and there's, there's, uh, oh my gosh, there's been so many documentaries and there's a lot coming out right now about, um, these, these big mega churches. One of them is here in Tennessee. It's in Nashville. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was talking about, you know, this, uh, their teachings are that your children cannot ever misbehave, um, or be out of line with what the church feels they should be. And so to discipline their child, these parents put their son in a box and left him in there and he died. And, you know, they were, uh, the, the state was, you know, suing the parents, they were bringing him up on, on murder charges and whatnot. And the church's attorneys, took care of all the legal fees for this family and stood behind the family that this was actually a good form of punishment. And so like our, like my generation, you know, you, you got beat with a belt, you got, go pick your own switch out of the yard, you know? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, I'm going (laughs) to punch you. Yeah. That was back in the day when all that stuff was okay. Yeah. Um, but these are all things that a lot of people that are growing up now have to deal with those things. And I, and I think there's a lot of people that don't know how to confront that and move past it. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, we're distracted in so many different ways, you know, uh, mm-hmm. there's distractions everywhere. Like, uh, you know, uh, 
it's been a huge lesson and revelation for me and coming full circle, just mm-hmm. um, being into, you know, the conspiratorial stuff since, you know, 2011. Um, right. And, uh, you know, just seeing everything play out over the years and seeing my life unfold and, you know, how spirituality is intertwined with that. And it's all come mm-hmm. full circle back to, you know, what can I do and what can I control? And um, that's been, you know, a process of working alongside plant medicine with, you know, integrative practices like meditation and breath work. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this podcast, um, this podcasting thing, you know, sitting here talking to you right now, just being present, um, being able to, um, you know, integrate as I'm talking, because mm-hmm. really what integration sessions are, are just people being able to vent, um, you know, their needs and wants. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, they just want to feel heard, you know, um, and, you know, have someone that's willing to listen, um, right. but, but also build off of what you have to say off of what the other person has to say. And so on it goes, you know, um, it's just a really beautiful thing. So, um, for a long time after my ayahuasca experiences, I was on integration calls, which are really like group therapy. I mean, you could right. compare it to AA or, NA or anything like that, just like a support group, really, Um, because it's hard when you have like a profound experience like that. And then you have to come back to this 3D reality where you work in your nine to five job and everything's the same as it was before you left. Um, And it completely changes your whole reality and uh, who you think you are and all this. And um, it puts a lot in perspective. But Um, if you don't have any way to integrate, like you don't have a community to bounce ideas off of, like you just feel isolated, Mm -hmm. then, um, it's easy to become who you were before you went, um, to, you know, hopefully have this profound journey that would change your life forever. And, um, that's a trap. A lot of people can get stuck in with plant medicine and continue Mm -hmm. to run back to the medicine for more answers when they're just lacking the process of integration to Mm -hmm. unfold. Because to be honest with you, like the medicine works for weeks before you take it and for weeks after. I mean, it's that type of connection. Um, It's on a very deep level. I mean, you just feel it in that way. And um, there's just a lot of profound insights and lessons that come uh, where you'll have these like memories come through of like pieces of an experience um, that reflect on, you know, life lessons that come out throughout your daily life. Mm-hmm. and situations you're put in. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, it, it's a mystical thing, uh, this life we're living. And, uh, I think if, if you get lost and think it's boring or, uh, there's not enough happening for you to appreciate it, like, I think you're missing the point because, you know, although there is a lot of crazy shit going on, it seems like the world is fucked at times. Like, um, at least you're sitting here breathing, like able to, you know, live, you know, not everyone has that, you know, some people are on their deathbed, some right. people died in a car accident or going through grief, have it worse than you type of mentality, you know? Yeah. And, f- and for me, like, um, a couple of things that you said really stood out, like talking about integration therapy and how that is so important. And I hope people understand, um, or at least know that each one of us is given spiritual gifts 
whether we choose to use those or not, or whether you acknowledge the fact that you have any, um, you can actually, because good energy attracts good energy. And so when you are attracting more people with good energy into your circle, guaranteed you're going to come into contact with people um, through different means of communication, whether it be, you know, on a podcast, um, <clears throat> on social media, whatever the case may be, you're meeting people that have different kinds of gifts that are God given yeah. that can use those to further you as a person. Mm -hmm. And so, um, one of the things that I always try to tell people is people will be put in your life when you need them or when they need you. And so it, it's not coincidence. It is by grand design from God that, you know, um, we came in contact on that, you know, podcast recently and we had things in common. And then the conversation that we're having right now, it's a beautiful thing because it's going to help other people to understand that they don't have to uh, carry burdens or traumas or, uh, you know, speak basically your words into the universe and then no one's listening. Mm. People are listening and there are people there to help you, whether it is through um, spiritual healing, um, whether it's through, you know, plant-based medicine, um, therapy, uh, you know, talk therapy, conversation therapy is a huge thing. Right. And so those things all help to make you into a whole person. Yeah. Which yeah, is hundred percent. And I think, you know, finding your tribe is important. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, that's, that's been a mystical thing in my life as well. Like the way right. I've just met so many different diverse people throughout my mm -hmm. life um, since getting into conspiracies in the first place in 2011 it's, it's all been so synchronistic. And like you said, I, I believe mm -hmm. we meet everyone for a reason and everything happens for a reason. It's all a grand design by God or Absolutely. whatever you want to call that, you know, creator, source, like uh, the higher power. Like um, mm -hmm. I think putting a label on it is like, um, it's like a shortcut to how infinite it is. Like it's mm -hmm. so grandiose. Like we can't even describe it. Like I, right. I don't even think the human mind or even co our consciousness could wrap our minds around it. You know, it's and crazy. the thing is too, that um, like for, for the people that focus on um, all the distractions, like yeah. everything that's going on in the world and, Oh my God, Biden did this. Oh my God. So-and-so did that. Oh my God. Did you hear right. whatever? Um, if you stop focusing on that and focus on, your inner work, your inner self healing you so that you can turn around and use that energy and that mm -hmm. love to like help other people and to, you know, it's really hard to describe for people who don't have this feeling, mm -hmm. but when you connect on that kind of level, um, all of your problems melt away. You don't have stress. You don't have drama. You don't have anxiety, depression, sleep issues, things like that. 
and you're so full of just absolute joy that you're like bursting at the seams to like share that with other people. Yeah, totally. Um, I think um, a huge lesson for me and what I was trying to get to is like, it all came full circle when it comes back to you, like the mass conspiracy is you like uh, Mm -hmm. what's your part to play in all this? Like what trauma, what trauma in your life is still holding you back? And Mm -hmm. like, you know, how are you selling yourself short and whatever amount of ways? And you know, how, how many excuses, excuses are you making on a daily basis why you can't achieve your dreams or achieve your deepest aspirations? Mm-hmm. Um, like, are the elites really holding you down like that? Or are you just being lazy and making excuses it, it, and staying and, at this dead end job or whatever it is, you know? Right. And that's a hundred percent because we have the ability to make that change. Yes. If we choose to do so, if you, if you're in a relationship that is terrible, change it. If you really get just sick to your stomach and, you know, feel like you want to barf when you pull in the parking lot at work, that's probably not where you're supposed to be. And so it's not until you make those steps forward and make those changes where you're going to see that, um, basically reward happen in your life for for making the necessary changes to help yourself and to heal yourself Mm. yeah it's powerful i mean it's just that self-love and it's not selfish to love yourself you know right once you once you have the ability to love yourself like really truly love yourself look in the mirror and be proud of who you're looking at and who's staring back at you. I mean, mm-hmm. so for some people that's difficult and, uh, you know, Don't look in the mirror, they're portals. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, that's what they, that's like rule number one with psychedelics. They're like, don't look in the mirror. It's like, why not? Like, yeah. what are we afraid of? We're afraid of ourselves. And you I know what that, I'm afraid of? Have you, yeah. have you ever, uh, talked to the, uh, guy that makes the, uh, I can't remember what they're called, but they're specialized goggles that you look through and you're supposed to be able to see like demons. Yeah. Yeah. Me personally, I don't, I don't want to see any of that stuff because I already, I'm very empathic. So I can already pick up when there's dark energy around me. Right. I just, hell don't want to see it. (laughs) I'm just saying, do you, do you want to look at that? Yeah. Yeah. No. Uh, yeah. I seen, I seen a video on uh, mind unveiled. It's a YouTube channel. They got a lot mm-hmm. of great content, but uh, it was talking about how, when they were originally developing it, um, like the red tinted uh, night vision versus the green, like the red would pick up entities and the green wouldn't. So it was kind of interesting how the colors, you know, would influence that in that way. And I guess would show the power of, colors and how important they are, how valuable they are, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's ironic you say that because I was just in Colorado recently uh, at the Forbidden Gathering with uh, Chris Matthew and uh, Ryder Lee and uh, a bunch of other great people that were there. Uh, Dan Shukas from Cosmic Keys. Um, Who else was there? Birch Birch Driver. Green Knight, uh, a lot of great podcasters. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, Laura Wells was there. Um, 
I forget the name of her podcast down the rabbit hole. I uh, just met her that weekend, but she brought these two pairs of night vision goggles and we were uh, looking up at the stars and it was crazy. Like uh, I was looking up uh, and like watching the stars and I could see distant stars in the distance, like moving around a bit. And then out of nowhere, I seen two like huge orbs like pass right in front of my vision and they were like a pure white. And, you know, the skeptics say it's just uh, bits of dust flying around. But I don't know, like I've seen that was the second time I've like witnessed orbs. I guess the third time, the first time was in a picture um, with my girlfriend at the time and some friends of mine. And the orbs were like laid over the top of us in the picture like the still frame. And then uh, the second time, um, what was the second time? Um, Oh, uh, I uh, filmed some orbs in my house just with my camera. You shut all the lights off and you're just a regular camera on a phone can pick this up, but um, you can say a prayer before you do it or whatever. Uh, But um, I saw two orbs and my cats were looking at two of them as they passed like right in front of me. But uh, I think it's what Ryan Bloodsoe talks about. I think Ryan Bloodsoe has been like the person I've heard talk about like extraterrestrials or Mm -hmm. these otherworldly existent creatures or entities. Um, I think that's what it is. Is like, they are, there are beings of love out there. And I think it's, it it is a spiritual battle that's going on and it's being waged uh, by dark and light forces, you know, and it's, it's like this divine game that's going on um, throughout all the planes of existence right now. Uh, but it, it was crazy to witness orbs again uh, this last weekend out in Colorado. This may sound like a strange question, but a lot of people that I've talked to um, that have that, you know, uh deeper spiritual connection or God connection or, you know, whatever name people want to give it. Um, Some people see numbers. Um, I am not one of those people. I've never seen numbers. Mm. Um, Some people have visions. Uh, Some people can clearly hear, you know, God's word being spoken to them. Have you experienced anything like that? Or like, um, as far as numbers wise, like people see repeating numbers, like they look at the clock and it's always, you know, a a certain time, like whenever they look at it, have you experienced that? Oh yeah. That's, that's almost been a daily thing for many years now. Um, and a lot of people say it fades in and out with the numbers, but for me, it's, it's pretty consistent. Um, Mm I would say almost daily if I'm conscious of it. I mean, today it was 1212 and 222. I remember it pretty vividly. Um, And, you know, sometimes I get caught up in like looking into the deeper meanings of it uh, to the point where like I obsess over it. But I think it's just like a wing from God that like you're heading in the right direction or it's kind of like a a little arrow on your path, like telling you, oh, yeah, keep going that way. You know what I mean? Um, well, but- here's something interesting, and this may put you on the spot, Yeah. but do you have anything in your life right now that you need to change? Because, and the reason I'm asking is because a lot of people, 
that I've had this conversation with that see numbers, um, either they can't sit still because they're busy bodies and they go, 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 go. Um, or they've pulled away from the church, um, pulled away from God, uh, are like into, I don't know, pornography or, uh, they're doing drugs or, you know, whatever. Is there something in your life right now that's going on that shouldn't be? Um, yeah, I would say, uh, just finding balance has been a huge lesson for me for some time. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, just working too much. Um, and there was a lot of that with my dad in childhood and that's Mm -hmm. something I'm trying to fight every day. Um, there's been a lot of hectic stuff at work going on. Um, yeah, it's been a lot, uh, lately. Um, do you take, do you take enough time for you? Not always. Mm-hmm. And that's something I'm learning as well. Um, every day that passes where I don't take enough time, it's like, well, you should change that today when mm-hmm. you wake up. You know. Yeah. And to me, um, and that's why I wanted to like ask you that question and get into that because to me, like reading energies from people and stuff like that, what I and I know it sounds weird and maybe hoo-hoo to some people. Yeah. Um, but what I see when people see numbers like that and I start asking them questions like I did with you, it's not so much that you need interpretation as to what the specific number means. It's a message for you to to get on the path and, you know, to to slow down or you know, change jobs or get out of the relationship you're in or whatever. It's like a message. Yeah. Um, just like a lot of people will see actual signs of things all of the time. Numbers are also a sign and it's a, um, it's a intention for you to pay attention to where there's something that needs addressed and changed. Mm. And especially for people who are constantly, like have to go and have to do things a certain way and, and are busy, busy, busy all the time. That's the people that get the messages the most Mm. seeing the numbers is because it's basically like a warning light or an indicator light for you to, to slow down and address that problem. Wow. Thank you. Because I felt that through my whole being, by the way. Yeah, so thank you. Because there and you if you felt something from that, you know that was the correct message. Yeah. And, totally. and have you ever taken a spiritual gifts test? I have not. I've never even heard of that. Okay. So um there is, you know, like a, a bunch of different um, personality tests and, and leadership tests and, and things like that to tell you, you know, like what your personality is, what your leadership style is. But there's also a gifts test mm-hmm. um, where they ask you a series of questions you write on, you know, it's usually a scale of like one to three um, where it's never, sometimes or always. Um, and then whatever your ranking or whatever your score is in these, in these specific categories will tell you what kind of biblical gifts that you have been giving. Um, and it's, 
the most interesting thing, especially for people um, that maybe don't know what their gift is, or you think you know, you think you're like gifted with uh, the gift of knowledge, mm. but you may find out that you have other things that you haven't even looked at. Right. So yeah. you brought up, you brought up something that. earlier that, um, I mean, I've heard of like similar tests like that, but I guess mm-hmm. not one specifically to yeah, like it's, find out it's, your spiritual gifts. It's really fantastic. And, um, it, I, I encourage like anybody, like if you're, if your church gives those, um, or if you have access to, you know, find that test online or, or whatever, it's amazing, um, to find yeah. out like what it is and and they're pretty spot on with like the personality and the leadership style uh usually your gifts go <clears throat> kind of in line with that um so that's interesting to see because uh i think in our society we get so hung up on uh like andre and i are going to try really hard to talk some sense into you know, Joe, or we're going to like try to change his mind and, and make him think the right. same that way that we do. Yep. But we are all on very, very different paths. And mm. whatever the knowledge is that you have at this particular time um, is the knowledge that you're meant to have. Mm. And, you know, the person that you're trying to talk to may not be on that same path. And so they're not going to pick up the knowledge that you're trying to share with them. And it's not because they're resistant. And I hate it when people say sheep because they're not, they're, they're not because it's those um, it's what their journey is on life and what, what messages, (laughs) what messages they are getting at, a certain time to do certain things. Some, and this is awful to say, but some people are meant to go through life and, and be bad and do bad things and whatever, Mm -hmm. because that is how you change your personality. That is how you learn. Mm -hmm. That is how you get tested. Um, and what's to help you grow. And some of some people, uh, they're failing the test um, that mm. they're be- being given by God because they, they're they not progressing through mm. the stages in life that they need to progress through. Yeah, that was a lot of wisdom. <laughs> yeah, I completely agree. Um, I think it is important uh, for, for us to figure out, um, you know, who we are and what, mm-hmm. what uh, skills we have and, you know, areas we lack and take, take that uh constructive criticism from right. those closest to us and right you know you're, you're bringing up a lot for me right now and i'm sure i'm bringing up a lot in you as well mm-hmm. um just having these conversations like these are the tough conversations that need to be had um right. uh, where we can just be open and uh you know not be afraid to our, express our emotions which mm-hmm. is something i'm working through every day because you know i was cut off from that a lot as a kid Right. And uh, there was a lot of conditions put on my love and when I could receive 100%, it. hundred percent. And if I was 100%. worthy of it, you know, and but then, but then you, 
you carry that with you. Yeah. Um, and into relationships, whether you know it or not, it's like yeah. you're not worthy. And so you're projecting onto whoever oh, your yeah. partner <laughs> is that you're not worthy, but right. they're you you project that onto them like they're not worthy, like you prove to me like mm. how good you are and how much you can behave when right. it's actually you that needs the work in the first place. And yeah. I know these things because, woo, baby, I've been there. <laughs> yeah. I, I had some, I had to, uh, because of like the childhood that I went through and how I was, how I grew up in, you know, um, the loveless home. And it was, you have to do sports and it's sports, yeah. sports, 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 sports all the time. And like yeah. no room for a childhood to just be a child and, you know, be creative and explore things and, and whatever. Um, and then, and I, I'll share this. I don't mind sharing this because my life is an absolute open book. Mm -hmm. um, but the trauma that I was talking about earlier when I was 12, I was raped at a park. Mm -hmm. um, and I told my, my mom and it's like, Shh, don't discuss those things because, oh my God. Mm -hmm everybody will talk bad about us. And so not right. only was I carrying the trauma from that, but also the, um, you know, no love. And then I had a sister that um, people have heard me talk about her a lot, but it's like um, my parents had favorites. And so my sister was their favorite and it was, you know, why can't you be like her? Uh, she's so great. Why can't you be like her? She's right. wonderful and uh, blah. And so I carried all of that crap with me for a really long time. And so I was like pulling into relationships, like I'm not worthy. Uh, no one loves me. Uh, you know, the only love I can get is, you know, uh, negative attention and, you know, all of these terrible things. And so I carried that with me for such a long time until I finally was at a breaking point because I went through so many shitty relationships and I finally was at a breaking point and I just sat down and I just started crying and I'm like, God, I know you've got something better for me and I want to change. I want things to be better. Hmm. I want to find somebody that, that accepts me for who I am because I really am a great person. And it's like, at that moment, everything changed and everything went away, mm. you know, and, and then positive things started happening in my life because I finally realized that I had to go through uh, a bunch of traumas and a bunch of, um, you know, horrible memories and things like that to build my strength and my character to make me into who I am now. Mm. And so it's a life is like a, a sponge. It's like yeah. a constant learning curve and process for us um, where you get into a situation and then you're like, mm, maybe I didn't handle that great. And so yeah. the next <laughs> time that situation comes up, you can be like, well, I know what I did wrong last time. So oh, I'm going to yeah. get a gold star today and I'm not going to do this no more. Right. You know, and, and that's, you know, it's necessary sometimes for us to go through 
shitty things, um, shitty people, and all of those situations to, to shape us into who we're supposed to be. Yeah. And I think just knowing our worth uh, is mm-hmm. a byproduct of that, you know, and yeah. um, it, it is a cycle of trials and tribulations of mm-hmm. having to repeat the same lessons over and over again, and different right. relationships or different experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it really is a, a grand test. Uh, we're all put through uh, every day and the decisions we make and, mm-hmm. you know, the situ- situations we're presented with, um, you know. It's like, are we going to repeat the same cycle we've been stuck in or take Mm -hmm. a different way out of this? And, you know, that's daily free will we have at our disposal to make a difference in the world with, you know, just being a better person. It's the same thing, too, um, with plant medicine, yeah, um, with herbal medicines. Uh, It's trial and error. And yeah. Totally. People, people, people know this because, um, with me being, you know, a retired nurse and, and teaching medical school and stuff, mm-hmm. it is no different. Um, it is trial and error Yeah. and there is no one size fits all. And everybody has to find what combination works for them yes. because, not everybody is going to do well on a vegan diet. Not everybody no. is going to do well on a carnivore diet. Not everybody's going to do well, you know, on mushrooms or whatever. I am, right. I am one of those people who has never in my life done mushrooms mm-hmm. because I just already know who I am and what my path is. Yeah. Um, and it's, it is so, like it's hard to explain, but it's so blatantly obvious to me. Yeah. And I, and you know, like I will get um, like messages to, you know, contact a certain person. Uh, mm-hmm. And then I find out like they really needed to talk to me at that point because something bad was happening in their life mm-hmm. um, or they were sick and they needed something, but they didn't want to bother or, you know, whatever the case may be. And if I'm not following what I'm supposed to be following, I swear it is like a giant kick in the seat of my pants. Mm. Like, what are you doing? Uh, You didn't handle that right. Or I try to not like ever judge anyone because Mm. you never know what that person is facing um, what that person is going through emotionally, mm. uh, spiritually, physically, um, you know, whatever. So, and so those. like, if I ever, if I ever say something I should not say in judgment, I always immediately, I'm like, I am so sorry because mm. that was not following what you want me to do. And I like immediately like atone and, you know, like apologize and like, please forgive me because I super duper screwed up just then. And that was not right. Mm. Yeah. It's like like the good old, uh, Hapono Opono, uh, thank you. Or I'm sorry. Uh, thank you. Please forgive me. Mm -hmm. And I love you. 
mm-hmm. those four <laughs> every time. Yeah, and you know the situation. the thing is, like um, when we first started, you mentioned um, like going to Catholic church and how you have to go to confession, yeah. um, and tell your priest, and he will absolve you of your sins. Right. Here's the thing. You are telling a man, a human being who is very highly fallible, your deepest, darkest secrets and asking him to forgive you. And I want to point something out. Mm -hmm. Biblical Revelation 17. My husband and I had this conversation today. I urge anybody that um, is looking for a good uh, breakdown of scriptures to go listen to John Corson on Searchlight. Um, he has an app you can download, but we were listening to that this morning mm-hmm. and it's talking about like uh, the Scarlet Horror writing the beast and whatnot and talking about basically Catholicism, the Catholic church and, um, because this was in the, you know, church age and, and all of those things where uh, the men would be robed in black. Mm. So what did the priest wear? Black. Right. And then it was talking about uh, another section of the church where they're talking about the pontiff and that's the mm. pope yep. and talking about um the others that you confess to that are wearing red, that's your cardinals in the yep. church. <laughs> and so it, you know, you're, you're telling basically your transgressions or your sins to somebody who is already sending themselves because mm-hmm. there is no person that is perfect. Right. And anybody that thinks that there is, they're sadly mistaken people mm-hmm. in the organized religion organized churches especially catholicism i love you catholics but um you need to evaluate uh you are telling people who are very much sinning because they knew the things that were going on in the church and they allowed it to be covered up they allowed it to happen they didn't speak up that in itself is a sin um, and so you're telling your sins to somebody else who's also a sinner. Right. That doesn't work. That's not right. going to fix your problems like at all. You need that one-on-one relationship yeah, with God. Exactly. And that's the most important thing on your path to spiritual healing uh, for yourself and uh, healing of the heart mind body and soul yes i completely agree and i think earlier i said something like uh we're perfect just as we are you know what i was just trying to say is like we're perfectly imperfect like right we're a walking but we are. contradiction you know it's not it's not a contradiction because we are the beautiful person that god made us to be yeah um yeah. because we we are all born with the holy spirit inside of us right it's just up to us to be more like him. And that means right. good and giving and helping and healing and loving most of all. So, yeah, I, I had a crazy event happen recently on my way back from Colorado. 
Um, never had anything like this happen before in my life, I swear. Uh, so it was our last uh, stop at a gas station on our way home. And uh, I'm like walking into the gas station and this guy in his car by the pump, he's like pointing at me and he's like, come over here. And I'm like, are you talking to me? And I like walk up to him and it's a Middle Eastern guy and he's got his uh, wife in the passenger seat, you know, wearing the, the garb and everything. Mm-hmm. And he's got the kids in the back seat and he he said that he left his car unlocked, so he got his wallet stolen. And I assumed uh, being in that culture, uh, his wife didn't have any money and uh, she she wasn't even allowed to have a wallet of her own. Right. And um, so he has, you know, they're in the Mercedes, like nice ass vehicles. They all got nice clothes on. There's little kids in the backseat. He's trying to get his family back to Miami, Florida. And he's like, uh, can you spare me any money, please? And he, he's, he's got like gold rings on a gold chain and, mm-hmm. uh, he hands me his gold ring and he's like, take this. Uh, if you give me $160, you can have it. It's worth a thousand dollars. And I said, okay, I'll take it. Uh, I'll give you this money. And, uh, I'll send it back to you. Uh, once you send me back the money, he's like, oh, I'll pay you double back. And I was like, don't worry about it. Just pay me what you owe me and I'll send you back the ring. And, uh, I haven't heard back from him yet, but I'm curious to see how this plays out. <laughs> I'm but you still know, wondering what happened. But you know what though? Um, that those kind of occurrences to me are test, um, because you should never judge a book by its cover. Yeah. And that could have been somebody like a, an angelic being sent here to test you as a human being. Would you help out your fellow man? Mm. Would you do that? And so um, like I get those kind of experiences a lot, but we have a lot of scammers around here too. Right. But, yeah. Um, you got to be wary of that. And yeah, yeah, that's the only reason I, I, I gave into that much money. I was like, okay, yep. I got a gold ring and it's crazy. Cause I, within the last month I was just thinking about investing in some gold and here mm-hmm. I am, I manifest gold in this weird freaking way, but yeah, I still don't got manifest. It. Don't manifest. That's bad. If you yeah. manifest something, that means that you will have to give up something to get what you want. You should always pray instead for for God to provide. And he's not always going to give you what you want. Right. Uh, because sometimes we, we, yeah, we pray for things that we do not need. And a lot of people pray for um, things that are very materialistic. Oh, yeah. And uh, you don't need that. And if he, right. you know, if you don't need it, he's not going to give it to you. Right. So... Yeah, I mean, it, it wasn't even like I manifested per se. It was more so like that thought crossed my mind of uh, potentially investing in gold. Mm-hmm. And here I am in this situa- this weird right. situation I've never experienced. And this guy's giving me a gold Regus collateral. I'm like, 
what is the universe God trying to tell me right now? Like, <laughs> I'm so confused, but you know, it I feel definitely bad. Definitely could be a message for that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I hope God forbid it was not sex trafficking or something horrible like that. Mm-hmm. I seen the kids in the back seat, and I felt terribly like this poor guy's just trying to get his family home. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I felt like it was the right thing to do. So I went with right. my instinct. And I trust That's what I was going to say. Always, always trust your gut. Yeah. So um, tell me, like, what, what, what do you do with your uh, plant-based medicine? Like, wh- tell me, tell listeners about that that don't know, uh, yeah. like, the details what do I do? Uh, like, what is the experience like, or, uh, how do I integrate in life after, or I, I guess I'm um, all the above because, okay. um, a lot of people have never, um, or don't know, um, basically like what is the benefit or, or purpose, I suppose. Um, for me, um, it was truly realizing, um, who I am and who I'm meant to be at my fullest potential. Mm -hmm. Um, it was also, um, seeing the unity of all things, um, Mm -hmm. and myself included in that, um, truly experiencing the feeling that we're all one and, uh, there is no reason to be picking on each other or, you right. know, being divided in any way, shape or form, like we were born to, you know, look after one another and respect one another, treat mm-hmm. each other as we want to be treated, you know, those lessons we learn in kindergarten, but as we get polished and, you know, go through the trials and tribulations in life, sometimes we can lose sight of those things and, you know, get wrapped up in our own selfish desires or mm-hmm. wants and needs um, that aren't always being met in the way we want. So, you know, we lash out or we act in ways we shouldn't. And um, for me, um, some major lessons I learned um, were just learning to trust my intuition more, um, Mm -hmm. learning to accept help when it's offered to me. Um, I've learned I'm a big people pleaser and I'm always trying to overexert myself and be of service to others. Mm -hmm. And as we were talking about earlier, I get burnt out. You've got a gift. That's yeah. a gift. That's one of the spiritual gifts. Yeah. You're I, a helper. I've been told I have healing hands. Um, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I just, uh, I I also know I'm very relatable. Like I, I, I find easy ways to relate to people, right. like strangers of any kind. Um, mm-hmm. I just always seem to find it easy to find common ground, even in the most dire situations. Um, I, I just don't like awkward silence. Um, I like to spice up the mood and, you know, keep the conversation going Uh, ironically now I'm podcasting, but you know, it's one of the, one of the things that you mentioned, um, in episode two, um, when you were talking about you felt the need to take your flip flops off. Oh yes, um, yes. And you said when you did, you felt free because mm. you know before you felt like that was holding you back, and so that that kind mm. of freed you. And I think 
that is such an important and beautiful message Mm -hmm. for so many people to hear is that freeing yourself from things that are holding you back or making you fearful um, because it's always been beat into us, no shirt, no shoes, no service, mm. you know, and you can't be barefoot and you can't, you know, do these things and experience life. But especially with the feet, because the earth is energy and because we are energy, mm. you have to ground yourself Yes. Um, in the earth and, and put your feet in the grass mm. and get that power and that rejuvenation that you're going to get from the natural plants, minerals, herbs, and things like that in, in nature to mm. help you regenerate yourself, which is also going to help regenerate your cells yes. and make you healthier. Yeah, I mean, um, I think Pro Triple Seven says it a lot, uh, but you know, we're electromagnetic beings, and I mm-hmm. think, um, you know, it's like I was taught when I was a kid, you know, like why doesn't, why don't we get electrocuted if a car gets struck by lightning because it's you know grounded with the rubber tires and right. what are our soles and our shoes made out of rubber? You know, <laughs> right. you could say that's a conspiracy in and of itself, but I think um, you know back. In the ancient times, like people were aware of, you know, that deep connection to the earth Mm -hmm. and uh, uh, living off the land and how much it meant to be in uh, rhythm with nature and not be waging war against it and trying to create your own version of that or mimic that through technological means or Mm -hmm. man-made ways of doing things. Right. And, you know, it's made things quicker and easier, but what have been the repercussions of that? And, you know... um, we look all around us like we we can get food in an instant like we can drive through something or drive through a place and get food instantly we've got fast food we got mm-hmm. um you know everything's we want it right now um, instant gratification is, yeah yeah mm-hmm. instant gratification we always want it right now but we can't be here now like we but can't you know, be here in this present moment you know the thing that is so 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 bad about that though is yeah. that that is also giving into um, darkness or negative energy per se, whatever you want to call it, because you're looking to gratify yourself um, in a very rapid manner instead of looking to glorify him or help others. We're just all like about me, 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 me. And what can I do to like stuff my face? What can I do to like fulfill me and what my desires are? Right. And, and that's like our culture, like uh, the beauty industry or, you know, uh, like clothing industry or, or whatever you don't need. Scarcity versus abundance. Yeah. You don't need uh, like, designer things and you don't need all this, you know, fancy whatever, because the simpler your life is and the less materialistic it is, Mm -hmm. the happier you're going to be. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I, I think, uh, there's, there's that beauty and simplicity, you know, Mm -hmm. um, 
it's, I think there's just so many paradoxes uh, throughout life of just like, that's what I was trying to explain. It's like everything we want it right now, like that instant gratification, but we can't mm-hmm. just be here now and be okay with what we have. You know what I mean? Right. Like we don't need Always to go buy something at the something- store. Always yeah. looking for something else. Yeah, like a place you of You have black. a house full of food, but uh, none of that sounds good. Or uh, yeah, you know, I'm too lazy to cook else. right now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. So you, so you go and and indulge and overspend, or you know. Oh, I'm whatever. so guilty of it. Like that's that's a big lesson of mine. It's just like learning how to manage my money better, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, building for the future. Um, and, you know, putting aside those short-term, you know, pleasures or once mm-hmm. in, um, just waste of, uh, energy at the end of the day, because that's all it is, is money is a form of energy, you know, and right. how we spend that matters and reflects back on us in future moments, you know, and mm-hmm. it's like, oh, now we're super stressed out because we spent too much yesterday or right. whatever it may be. <gasps> now I only have so much money until the end of the month until I get paid again. Yeah. A lot of people think with their instant gratification mind instead of thinking, thinking past the nose on their face. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh man. So let me, let me ask you a question. Like, where do you, where do you see yourself like on your journey? Like, do you feel like you're, you've progressed a lot or do you feel like, um, sometimes you get stalled or, or how is that going for you? Um, I feel like, um, it's, I, I feel like I've grown a lot. Um, anytime I feel like it's stalled, I have to remind myself like, where were you last year or where were you mm-hmm. last week or where were you last right. month? And, uh, where are you at today? And, you know, you know, for every dark night, there's a brighter day. So every day Mm -hmm. I'm feeling down the dumps, like, um, you know, preparing myself to know that um, I have another opportunity tomorrow to better myself, to make better decisions, to, um, you know, change the the cycle I'm stuck in um, and um, always leave leaving myself open to um, grace and acceptance. And, Mm -hmm. you know, when I do make mistakes and when I do fall short, when, you know, I didn't get to the gym today or I didn't do yoga today or I didn't do whatever practice that's like helping me to, you know, stay in that grounded state Mm -hmm. and that high vibration, you know, that upbeat, positive, um, just glowing me that I want to be. And, uh, when I'm falling short of that, I think it's evident. And, um, you know, that's, that's when I really need some, um, me time and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's taking a hot bath and just, um, uh, praying for a while, meditating for a while, mm-hmm. um, you know, just taking that time out, shutting everything off and, uh, whether it's walking out in nature, um, whatever mental reset I need to do, um, I'll do it. And, you know, you ask what psychedelics are like, I think in the right set and setting, they are like a mental reset. And, um, when you have a lot of baggage piled up, 
Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of trauma over and over that seems like it's never ending. Sometimes it, it gets you to see beyond that cycle you're stuck in. But sometimes right. when you're stuck in that cycle, it seems like there's no way out. And uh, sometimes um, psychedelics allow you to um, see it from an outside perspective other than your own, um, mm-hmm. almost like third person, like the way God would see it as a reminder of, no, this is what's actually happening. You're learning through this process of, you know, trial and error and, uh, you know, just horrible events that may unfold in your life. I mean, um, just, I think we're all battling a lot. Like we all have our own skeletons in our closet, mm-hmm. uh, that we don't talk about enough. And, right. um, I think just building spaces that are open to have these conversations and, you know, making it more acceptable to talk about these things, especially as men, because, you know, within our culture, it's, it's so looked down upon to just, um, open up emotionally, I feel right without, you know, being looked at as like too feminine or, mm-hmm. Oh dude, are you gay? Like it turns into this thing. It's not like, no, judgment. I'm just a, yeah, I'm a human being. I have emotions. judgment from other people. Yeah. Let me let me ask you one thing about, you know, um following plant medicine. Yeah. Um and I know there's a lot of people that'll say, you know, like uh I've tried several times and nothing has happened to me. Uh mm-hmm. I don't get anything out of it. Um do you think that some of that is because people go in uh, with some kind of mental block. Yeah. As I far think, as like, uh, especially fear. Um, expectations like a big one. They're afraid yep. that something's going to happen. They're afraid they're going to see something, you know, or they're afraid of the experience in general. Do you think that's part of why uh, some people have no, nothing happened to them? Yeah, I think a lot of that is um, self-control um, or um, micromanaging and, you know, being a control freak, things like that, mm-hmm. where you always feel like you have to be in control of your surroundings and what you're right. doing, whether it's being a hog with the remote. I know I can do that at times. And um, like the biggest lesson anyone would say they learn from psychedelics unanimously is the ability to let go and surrender and not, mm-hmm. and realizing that surrendering isn't a weakness. It's actually a very powerful thing. And, right. um, you know, it's like giving yourself up to be reborn, um, in the Christian tradition, you know, the, uh, baptism and being reborn into, um, a new spiritual being. And, um, I have had that literal death and rebirth experience, um, mm-hmm. through ayahuasca and, um, definitely on other uh, mushroom experiences um, where I felt like my ego or, and this version of myself that I thought I was um, that, you know, wasn't worthy of love that fell short, that um, had made all these bad decisions that, you know, was too short, was, uh, you know, didn't have a six pack, like all these minor criticisms that we just program ourselves to believe like we're not good enough. Um, you know, it, it allowed me to like mentally break out of that, um, while in the experience, I'm not Mm -hmm. saying like, it's like 
you're magically never going to have those thoughts come in again, but you have that memory when you broke out of it to look back on of like, Oh, I'm not that I was reminded of that before. So, um, I always have that memory that can come back in when I need it to, to remind me of who I am and that I'm not, uh, uh, this depressed version of me I'm stuck in when I, mm-hmm. I get in those places or those states of mind um, when I'm dealing with a rough time. It's just allowed me to navigate through life um, when things are not going right um, mm-hmm. with more resilience and patience and acceptance. Um, right. You know, I had two flat tires uh, in the last month. Uh, oh, it's been like a month and a half now, but Um, That was like an odd one lately that, you know, was a huge lesson um, to just slow down. uh Those along with the twos, that's another signal for you. That's another sign from God or the universe or whatever you want to say to uh, slow down and uh, get off the path, whatever the path is. And, um, I think for a lot of people, what you said will strike home with so many people about um, your what you see about yourself, mm. uh, the things that you see about yourself that you don't like. There again, looking in the mirror as a child or whatever, and you're like, I'm too short. I'm too fat. I have acne. I have this. I have that. Right. Whatever the case may be. You're judging yourself. Um, He made us the way that we are. And we should be thankful for that and appreciative of that. Because what a boring world that would be if everybody was, you know, the same, (laughs) same, same body type, same looks. I mean, that that would be very creepy if we all looked alike. Um, Talk so about 1984. Each, yeah. Each one of us is beautiful in our own unique, amazing, awesome way. And anybody that tells you uh, you're not good enough because of your looks or mm. your whatever it is about you, put that shit out of your mind because... Uh, you are amazing and you don't need to judge yourself and you don't need to be um, basically shackled in chains uh, mm. for the rest of your life thinking all these negative things about yourself. Mm. You need to start thinking about at least one positive thing a day that you like about yourself. What is beautiful about you what do you appreciate Mm. about you the most so that's my question to you right now tell me one thing off the bat that you like about yourself Mm. wow i'm gonna have to think on that one oh i'm putting you on the spot you are. <laughs> do you hear the Do you hear the Jeopardy music? Do do yeah. Do. yeah keep it going. <laughs> um, what do I like about myself? Um, Positive energy reinforcement. Go something quick. I like that. 
I'm able to be myself um, and just show up as who I am and not have to change who I am when I'm around certain people. Amen. And, uh, you know, who, who you see is what you get. Amen. And, uh, what you see is what you get. I'm not, I'm not putting on a front. I'm not trying to be better than anyone. And I'm not And like psychedelics, for example, like I'm not a spokesperson for psychedelics by any means. I'm just a person who had some profound experiences with these medicines. Yeah. And they're, they're unique to me. They're personal to me. And, Mm -hmm. um, if people find value in me sharing my stories and what helped me on my spiritual path, um, which, you know, has been rocky. I mean, that's where it all started. You know, you mentioned the flip-flops, like when I took those flip-flops off, I was running on uh, white rock alley, <laughs> uh, you know, surface, like it wasn't, it wasn't grass and I got to the grass and it was heavenly, but, you know, I remember the next day my feet were aching because I was running on rocks, but in that moment, it's felt so freeing and it felt like right. I had released these chains I put on myself mm-hmm. of, you know, what the world looked like or what I looked like in that world. Right. And just all these mass illusions I had put over my worldview and who I was in it. I mean, it's such a battle. I mean, especially being in these waters we swim in um, with the conspiracy stuff, because, you know, there is a lot of black pilling that goes on of, you know, all is lost. There's no hope out there. Mm -hmm. We're all fucked. The new world order's coming. We, we can't do anything about it. I mean, you just get to feeling like you're powerless. And I think that's the opposite of how we should feel. I and that's exactly. the way I try to come at it is like, there's so many people waking up right now. It's so right. evident in any conversation you have on a daily basis. Granted, you'll have another open-minded conversation that pops mm-hmm. up. Like I can't say I was having that even five, 10 years ago. So right. I think things are definitely shifting. And see, and the, the beautiful thing about life, um, and I hope a lot of people um, can, can, bring this into your your school of thought um number one breaking yourself out of the emotional shackles Mm -hmm. uh that hold you down or hold you back because you are worthy of love acceptance judgment free um free to be you and be one person all the time Mm -hmm. never ever split your uh persona to fit someone else because if someone else has an issue with your personality um that's their problem it's not yours um and the second thing and this is so huge is whatever is going to happen is going to happen it is part of uh god's master plan for us Mm -hmm. And we are not always going to have smooth sailing and beautiful times, but we are chosen for times like these to test our will, our resolve, our faith, and our love for one another. Mm -hmm. And so whatever the plan may be, um, know that you're safe and secure in whatever that plan is, as long as you love yourself, you love God, and you love others. And that's it. always protected. That's all we need. Yeah. So my dear, it was absolute pleasure having you on today. Um, I knew we would have a amazing conversation just because 
um, you're an amazing person. So uh, if you had to leave people with one uh, light bulb moment or one, one piece of uh, wisdom or advice, what would it be? I would say accept for, accept yourself for who you are. But um, if you feel um, you're still not enough, um, there's always room for improvement Mm -hmm. and that's a space for grace and uh, a space for growth. And uh, you know, sometimes the darkest moments are when the deepest growth starts to happen. I mean, you know, look when you plant mm-hmm. a seed, a seed's planted in darkness before it blooms, you know, Amen. it's always darkest before dawn. So just, you know, keeping the hope alive and um, knowing that at the end of the day, um, you know, cherish those close to you. Um, life is life is short, you know, it's, it's passing by every moment um, we have. So, you know, invite that, that preciousness into your lives of, you know, not taking it for granted and, you know, Mm -hmm. trying to be present, whether it's with your kids at home or with your girlfriend or with your boyfriend, whatever it may be, um, you know, just showing up and being your best self every day. Amen to that. And for me, um, my message is always be thankful and grateful for everything that you are, Um, and everything that you have, all the blessings in your life, um, for the beautiful day that you have for the, you know, beautiful world that was created, um, be thankful and be gracious and be humble, um, because that is so important in life. And so, um, make sure that you check out the video version of this on Roku TV, on Patriot Podcast Network channel. Um, Make sure you download that. And then there's a little star button up in the top right-hand corner. You can rate that. That would be awesome. There's a lot of great content creators on there. So make sure you check that out. Um, Go follow Andre if you have not already. Um, He can tell you in just a moment what his page is and where, where you can find him at. Um, but also make sure that you like, subscribe, comment, download, share his podcast. Uh, it's always greatly appreciated. So my dear, where can they find you at? Oh, thank you so much, uh, Janet. This has been a beautiful conversation and so happy uh, you accepted the offer. And it's been a pleasure getting to know you more. Um, you're a beautiful person as well. Oh, so thank you. Real recognizes real. Um yeah, you can find me uh, anywhere podcasts are found, um, Apple, Spotify, all the big ones, iHeartRadio. I host it through Spreaker. Again, that's Ascension of the Chessmen. Um, essentially, um, that name kind of took on a deeper meaning over time. Um, I kind of mm-hmm. told that story with my past early on, but essentially what I mean by that I know people want to pick apart the logo and say it's Masonic or whatever, whatever direction they want to take it. But honestly, what it means to me is just rising above our differences to our true potential, mm-hmm. um, seeing each other as divine reflections of ourselves and, um, you know, just getting to treat each other the way we want to be treated and, um, you know, building off of conversations rather than ending them on disagreements. So, Amen. Uh, yeah, that's 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 the essence of what my show is trying to, um, you know, 
navigate through and uh, build is uh, that's that's kind of my motto. So um, again, you can find me on all those platforms. Um, I just started uploading from the very beginning of my show uh, episodes to YouTube, and sure enough, I had two taken down in a week. Um, and I just tried uploading more. They won't even let me upload anymore. So that didn't last long. And that's why I stuck to audio so long. So fuck YouTube and uh, fuck censorship. I like freedom of speech, please. <laughs> Amen to the freedom of speech. And yeah. I just want to say, um, as far as your name and your logo for your show goes, uh, people that that maybe can't see it, but you are a uh, piece on a chessboard and your purpose here in life is to find your higher purpose and to ascend to that spiritual being mm-hmm. that you have the capability of doing. Mm-hmm. So it's a beautiful thing. The logo is beautiful because it is about you rising from the rubble and the ashes of your um, shackled life, basically, and raising you up to the greatness that you were born to be. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, you know, haters, they're going to hate. People are going to say negative things about whatever. Um, But just remember, again, that's their problem, not yours. (laughs) Haters are your biggest motivators. (laughs) Exactly. So anyways, for me and for Andre, thanks for joining us for another episode. It was a pleasure. It was a blessing. And we will see you again next time. Have a great one. Peace.